The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the Global Liberty Alliance, its network, sponsors, donors, or broadcast platforms. The Global Liberty Alliance provides this podcast for informational purposes. Freedom of speech is a fundamental right and essential for free societies to prosper. Thank you for listening and supporting the mission of the Global Liberty Alliance, dedicated to strengthening and defending fundamental individual rights, free markets, and the rule of law. And welcome to another Global Liberty Alliance podcast, usually coming to you from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. But today, my friends, I'm coming to you from Little Havana in Miami, Florida. This is my former hometown. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be down here with fellow Liberty Warriors, uh, catching up not only for Christmas, but we always come down here to uh, spend time with family, with friends. I hope you're all having a good Christmas holiday. Here, the party keeps going until the 6th of January. I'll share with you later why I think most of you know, but we'll still share with you later why. Today, we have a one fantastic uh, guest. We're going to be talking Western Hemisphere, which is one of my favorite topics, Latin America. We're going to hone in on Venezuela and speak with someone who I met through social media. I, I, I started following her on Twitter, um, and I just loved the stuff she was saying. And I said, why aren't more people in the Venezuelan American community uh, speaking this way. And we're going to talk to her about that. I'm not talking about Venezuela, I'll talk about Cuba, talk about a lot of things, but mostly about Venezuela. Alessa Polga, she comes to us from Canada and how she got there, she will share with you uh, briefly. She's a dedicated human rights activist. She is a liberty warrior in every sense of the word. She's been uh, focused not just on reestablishing her life, but she is, of course, giving back uh, as Venezuelans do when they are kicked out of their homelands. Alessa, how are you doing? Fine, thank you, Jason. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. And um, it's, a, it's a common feeling when I start to follow you uh, uh, in Twitter uh, because we have the same uh, uh, Mine said, I very agree uh, with everything that you write, and we have an, a common cause. With you are for, from your family, and you have a Cuban background, and I'm from Venezuela, and we are suffering the, the same disease, which is the Castro communism. That's Castro communism. That's a, we're going to unpack that term in a minute, but before we jump into the the meat of the show, tell us a little bit about your journey because it's, it's a fascinating uh, to see how you went from Caracas you were over in Quebec for a while I think you're over now in Ontario if I'm not mistaken but tell us briefly for those who don't know you who is Alessa um, Polga? Yes uh, well I'm from Caracas Venezuela um, I have to uh, I always was an uh, opponent of Hugo Chavez. I never believe on him and what he said. Um, he is the consequence of many years of corruption and bad administration. It's not like he arrived to Venezuela from a spaceship. He is the product, <laughs> yes, yes. He, 
he is the product of the or, or the consequence of more than 40 years or people of a neglected government from those uh, the democracies previous him, they um, they did not take advantage about the amazing resource, natural resource that we have was uh, uh, the oil for uh, income. At the opposite, they create a rented state, they create a populist state, and the people really believe that they are rich or they own those natural resources. And for that reason, they give it for granted that they, they deserve everything without hard work. This is what happened in Venezuela. Uh, we had, we was an, uh, rich resource country, but if you don't take advantage of, or you don't produce something with, those, with that richness, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you don't value what, what the uh, gift that God give, uh, give it to your country and to your, to your population. You know, uh, Alessa, let me ask you a question before you, before we jump off to, to some more of the, uh, again, uh, uh, what's happening today, because this is extremely important what you just laid out there, because folks, she just gave you mm -hmm. in a very few minutes, a lot of history, a lot of good information about how Chavez, because Chavez, uh, you know, folk, Venezuela is a very mineral rich, oil rich country, all right? Not, and they, you told the Toronto Star in 2017 that our natural disaster is government. Our natural, so you basically took a country that was very wealthy with natural resources. Our natural resources is our governments become the government. But you, mm -hmm. you, you just said there, it didn't happen overnight. It, this wasn't as if Chavez showed up in 1999 and said, hey, I'm gonna just take this place over. Briefly tell people, what, what do you think happened that bred Chavez? Because Chavez technically was elected in 19 in the late 1990s he didn't just thrust his way in there the way it happened in when, cuba when which he, was a little when, different when he won the election he 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 didn't won because the the people really like him he won because the the people uh votes against the previous option which is acción democrática and copay because if we if we check the history of venezuela we are something similar with the United States, uh, even though that we have probably in that election 70 parties, but most of the time the election go between two major parties, Acción Democrática and COPEI, which we can compare between uh, the Democrats and the Republicans. They alternate the power during the four, 40 years. And because the, the administration and the public policies are so bad and they are so corrupt, the people decide to go with this third option that was Chavez in 1999. And, and Chavez actually, uh, he is applying the same techniques that is happening right now in the whole hemisphere. The communists and the revolutionary, they understand that they can take the power with weapons. They decide to use a new way and it's through elections. Chavez in 1992, he 
he made a coup in Venezuela. He he was uh, detained. He went to jail. He was released for Rafael Caldera, and then he started to um, uh, his campaign uh, for the presidential election, and he won the election because the the Venezuelan population is sick of it of the other to auction. And this is something that is happening in the whole hemisphere as, as long after Chavez. The people believe that they are punishment, the previous bad government, when at the end, the, the one who finished punishment is the same population because yeah. they choose for the wrong candidate. Is what happened in, for example, right now in Chile, how is possible Horrible. that those guys prefer a, a, a candidate who is even a mental patient? He is compulsion maniatic and he is under medication. And he uh, openly said that he is a communist. How come they just believe that can that guy is going to improve the nation and instead to choose whatever the fact that this guy have choose between an a communist and a democrat like cat and what is the left movement in the mfr doing they are using the huge weapon weapon ever is the fear they're using the ghost of the history that many countries had in the hemisphere, and they create a narrative because our, unfortunately, our uh, uh, citizens have too much ignorance about our history. They believe that fake narrative. Is the same what happened in the United States? They try to make look the Republicans at the bad guys when they, the reformists, they, they want, they, the ones who change the nation during the uh, Lincoln government was the Republican Party because yeah. they actually conservative who want to maintain the status quo with the slavery was the Democrats. Exactly. The one who support the Ku Klux Klan was the Democrats, not the Republicans. The ones to allow the, the first one party with a, a member of the Congress, a black member of the Congress was the Republican Party. The first women governor was a member of the Republican Party. I don't understand how in a nation like United States totally forgot the history. This is this is something that is is not is not the product from one day. This is a work that has been doing has been done for many years. When you erase the history from the mind of the different generation in in our country. Now you know why Alessa's up in uh, up in Canada and she's being invited to testify and share thoughts with the members of the Canadian. Uh, parliament and the, she, she's a strong, strong champion for fundamental rights, rule of law and uh, free enterprise. And she's hitting spot on so many things that are happening, not only in her ancestral homeland now in Venezuela, but also here in the United States. We're going to talk briefly about that. 
why do you think to just finish up this topic with Chavez in a minute, let's finish it up real fast. Bottom line is, do you agree or disagree that decades and decades of corruption and statism in Venezuela led to someone like Hugo Chavez taking over? For sure. He said what the people wants to, to hear and the people vote for something without really thinking. And uh, in some point when, when he has interviewed before he won the election, he promised uh, a democracy is the same what Fidel Castro promises when he arrived in Cuba. And then they, they flip and they turn it in, in the disgrace that we have right now in a totalitarian, a totalitarian uh, government, a totalitarian regime, and a very huge uh, corrupt system, criminal system, because the, the common thing that we have with and the insane thing, the insanity thing of this situation, Jason, it's Chavez always had a big mouth and he always said what he's going to do. And he he done everything what he said. He, he implement the the communist system in Venezuela. The 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 same he copied many uh, structure or uh, communist structure from Cuba and Cuba from uh, Russia, and, and and the ridiculous thing he never hide his project. He always talk about the, the revolution. He always did it. He was wide open about it. Yes, You're right. Yes. And it, it, it gets uh, to the, the whole thing that Castro's chavismo. You were saying it's like he the, didn't hide. He was friends with Castro. He 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 was flaunting it. The mistake was made for our leaders because they underestimate Hugo Chavez, they underestimate Fidel Castro, they underestimate Lula da Silva, and this group, the uh, the foro, the, the foro. Sao Paulo yeah. forum, yeah. that they now change the name to the uh, Puebla group. They working seven. Uh, 24 7 365 exactly, days exactly. in their project and it's very concerning for me listening leaders from united states politicians from united states from canada from whole hemisphere calling them the banana republic the, the banana so republic is taking your country you amen amen not, you are not conscious about that you are on the, the, the worst uh, uh, mistake that, that anyone can, can do is underestimate the enemy. And this yeah. is what is going on right now. You know, it, I've been down, like I said, this is Jason Poblet with the Global Liberty Alliance. We're talking to Alessa Polga, human rights activist, Venezuelan champion, liberty warrior, formerly from Caracas, based out in Toronto right now in Canada. You know, Alessa, we've been down in Miami, I was saying, for a few weeks, meeting with fellow Liberty Warriors, also people from Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, uh, Chile, other countries. Recently, I was having a, a coffee with some friends from Cuba who, who left many years ago, and they were asking me questions about what happened in Venezuela. When I met with my Venezuelan friends, they were asking me, what the heck's happening in Cuba? It's interesting to see people uh, kind of have similar experiences so close to where all these problems happened. 
And with so much that has happened, of course, in Venezuela, I want to hone in a little bit on that because you talked about Castro Chavismo. You and I both agree that the quote Venezuelan opposition that people keep talking about isn't really an opposition group. But when you talk to folks here in Miami, the one thing I find that's a little confusing for folks is that a lot of what happened the last two years, uh, they're surprised by it. Well, nothing happened. I wasn't surprised by it. You weren't surprised by it. We knew, people like Alessa folks knew that what America was doing by backing the so-called Venezuelan opposition, this Guaido and Voluntad Popular, which are all a bunch of socialists, okay? These people are not conservatives. They're not liberty warriors. They're just another strain of socialism. Uh, well, it wasn't gonna work. What do you know? Tell folks who know nothing about this, what do you think went wrong uh, in, in, a, in, a, in the most compact way you can? Why didn't, you know, after 97 million plus dollars of US taxpayer money, that's how much money my friend was spent conservatively well, on these groups, these opposition groups, these NGOs. What happened today? Today, okay, folks, as we record this, that fellow Guaido got stripped of his powers. It makes no sense. And then Maduro is announcing, hey, guess what? I'm going to go to Iran soon. So the whole idea that they were going to do this regime change business, which I knew was never going to work, didn't work. What do you think happened? How do you look at this as a Venezuelan uh, from the outside? Well, uh, here, uh, the, the point it's uh, the key code in this situation. It's, it's just one. It's, it's, it's a, well, it's not just one. We never have a real opposition <clears throat> because the lack of uh, honesty and ethics from our politician forever, <clears throat> they was always under, in some way, they are always in control from the regime. Um, an example, if, if you are an uh, opposition, uh, uh, opposition leader who receive um, sponsor from money for a third party, and at the end he discovered that that, that money come from the regime, his uh, loyalty or his transparency is compromised because he, he is receiving dirty money for her, his campaign. This is one of the way that it, uh, we start to losing the member of the opposition. Uh, members of the opposition are involved in sexual scandal, in corruption scandal, uh, drugs trafficking. And that is the way that the regime is taking control of those figures that it supposed represent the opposition, but it's not that opposition. They are totally compromised because their own action. Because unfortunately for Venezuela, we don't have people with Republican values. We have people that they can do whatever they, they need to do for power or money. And that compromise your uh, freedom or your transparency as a leader. This, this is what happened in Venezuela. Where do you think, and, where, where, where do you think we went? Okay, so, so, so what do we tell, like, you know, we, Liberty Warriors down here, we were gung-ho, anybody down here you ask, 
In fact, hey, I'm sitting here right now. I'm looking at a, a Trump flag go by. People here are still flying Trump flags and, and they're big supporters of what Trump did in Latin America or didn't do in Latin America because they think, hey, he inherited all this political mess from not just Republican presidents, from Democratic presidents. Do you, Sadly, where do you think sad, we went? What, what, what do you think went wrong there? What, what, what happened? Well, sadly for, for us, uh, the uh, inner circle of Trump, I, I really want to think in that way. They was naive because usually human beings, we try to reflect the people in our own mirror. We consider that the people is not going to capable to do few things because we are not capable to do that kind of thing, right? You, so you think he was poorly, so the people he had around him on Latin America, you think poorly advised him? Yes, I see that, that Trump was surrounded for people who did not realize which, uh, which, kind, which, which kind of people they are dealing off. Uh, for example, <clears throat> One of, one of the huge mistakes that they, they make uh, during the, the process of uh, choose the, uh, the support, the interim president and everything, how come it's possible that department, the Department of State and the Department of the Defense, they upset a guy as a Cleaver Alcala as the advisor from, as a military advisor from the intergovernment, when Cleaver Alcala was a military and a traffic drug, uh, a part of the traffic drug cartel and a criminal from the Chavismo, and he was uh, uh, endorsed by the uh, team of Guaido in front uh, as a link between the government of Trump and the interim as a military advisor for the operation uh, against Maduro. J just with that guy, everything was compromised because that guy is a whistleblower. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's part of the regime. And that is the reason why that failure in 2018 in the border with Colombia, because we have someone who is going to compromise. We, we, we have no secrecy in any kind of operation. You know, that, you know that, that, that's, that's, that's been something that's been very fascinating about this whole Venezuela thing is that, and by the way, there are Americans unlawfully imprisoned, held hostage in Venezuela who've been sitting down there. And I told people, I blame the opposition because I think they're bungling they, 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 they are just a disaster. Now, you know, the people holding these American hostages, no doubt, it's Maduro and his people. But all of these games with these Venezuelan opposition people, folks in Washington, I see it. These people are going to country clubs. They're hanging out at fancy hotels. They're living off the taxpayer dime. And that really makes me upset that these people, like Alessa saying, they can't supposedly keep a secret. I don't think these people know what they're doing. I think they're reckless. Uh, and that's why some of us felt that President Trump was poorly advised by people who maybe David were not Ray, fully David informed. Ray Trump and the, the, the advisor of Trump, they are not very accurate to, to notice that. And we have to take into account that the deep state that is real exists in, in, 
And we know that, for example, inside the Department of State, a lot of people from the previous government of Obama, like um, Shannon, and the actual uh, Venezuelan ambassador, James Story, is part of that deep state. And we have to be clear that in the whole government of Obama, they support the Castro. And of course, they are, are, they are not going to be against of one of their partners, which is the Castro, uh, that have a uh, totally control of, of Venezuela. Venezuela right now is a, a province of, um, of the uh, Castro regime. And uh, explain that explain that to people when we talk. You, you mentioned it a few times now. When when a Venezuelan tells you folks, Castro Chavismo, Cuba, uh, it, she's she's saying something very interesting that I think maybe most listeners do not know about this is that basically this movement, these this, these this countries is, don't have a, a they're not Cuban or Venezuelan. This is a movement. This is a socialist movement looking to create and undo. The and, order and of the Western not, Hemisphere. It's not, it's not from the the recently, Jason, because I no, don't it goes know back if, a while. You, if you remember that Cuba was kicked out from the Organization of American State because they tried to invite Venezuela in 1946. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That is the reason why uh, the Venezuela, the the Venezuelan resources, it's something that uh, Castro Fidel was to hand out forever and he just need a uh, traitor and an idiot guy like Chavez to serve him everything easily that is what's happening in in Venezuela and not just that um, <clears throat> uh, I really believe that the Cuba have been working like a broker and a third party he he got an uh, an uh, profit from every transaction related with the resources in Venezuela. That's like a criminal and, cartel. Yes. And the end Venezuela is it, a hot, uh, a hot for uh, criminal and supporting for not just Cuba, Russia, China, China Iran, yeah. Yeah, Iran yeah. Uh, Turkey, and Venezuela have the, the, um, the privilege of geographic position, the amount of resources of Venezuela, the illegal minery right now in Venezuela, is is a is a criminal hub that is working right now in in the whole hemisphere. Yeah, and you know, Alessa, one of the great, you know, our hats off to the men and women of the Justice Department. I got to say, uh, there's a lot of good people right here in the Southern District of Florida, up in New York and Manhattan. Uh, the Washington courts as well. These, you know, there's a lot of good anti-corruption work going on, um, and it just seems like there's cases and cases and cases of corruption. But these networks are so complex, and you're right, uh, they, they they are not just a Havana focus. This is a hub and spoke, Havana, Caracas, Managua, and Nicaragua. They're trying to keep going, and they're trying to use the law. They rule by law. They don't rule of law. And it's a criminal cartel that uses drugs and all sorts of other bad actions, but also legitimate businesses that some of them reach right here into the state of Florida. Uh, Alessa, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking to Alessa Polga, uh, human rights uh, activist, liberty warrior based in uh, Canada, uh, talking about Venezuela and human rights in the hemisphere and also 
the problems in her ancestral homeland that seem to continue to this very day. Let's wrap up quickly what we're talking about the Trump administration. I'm with you. I think President Trump had a different vision about what he wanted done in Latin America, and it was poorly executed by maybe some of his advisors. Maybe he had some problems in Washington. What do you think is going to happen to this so-called opposition, which, by the way, folks, the Venezuelan opposition, the people that we tend to call opposition, they're all socialists. They're members of the Socialist International. So this is not ideological, all right? This has to do with uh, a very different nuance. We don't have time to go into it all today, but we picked maybe to work with people who, Alessa, how do I say it delicately? These people, you you've said some pretty frank things about these people on social yeah, media yeah. and interviews. How do we tell somebody who doesn't know anything about Venezuela, are they really an opposition group? I mean, who are these people and what do we got to do about them now moving forward? Uh, I can tell you that because I, I know the monster from the inside. Um, I was a member of the uh, Voluntad Popular Party many years ago. And uh, I decided to quit to the party. I was the, the coordinator uh, 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 of Canada for the uh, Voluntad Popular or Popular Will, uh, as they know it. And when, when you are uh, going inside the party and you start to discover the true, how they think about the population, how they don't care about nobody, and they believe that they need to control the, 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 the whole situation and the lack of honesty uh, I remember the the campaign that they have Rescate Venezuela. You you had no idea what we have to deal inside the party. And then when we when they decide to join the International Socialista, this is this, there is two reasons that that I decide to quick uh, to. Um, uh, my position in, in Voluntad Popular. One was that when they decide to, in, to be part of the International Socialista. And the second one was when the, uh, the deputy Luis Florido, who was the president of the Committee on Foreign Affairs of the National Assembly, uh, tried to pressure the, uh, the lawyer Tamara Suhu in public when they start the dialogue, telling her that he is able to negotiate that she can return to Venezuela peacefully if she makes some kind of arrangement. And Tamara make an and a screen capture of that conversation and posted in Twitter. And that was the, sec the second reason that I decided, no, I cannot longer be part of this organization, having people with that guy inside, you know? And uh, the reason why he proposed that to Tamara is because Voluntad Popular and all the Venezuelan parties 
they are using the political prisoners to negotiate position and advantage with the regime. You know, that's something that's, it's, again, we don't have time to go into all of this uh, with Alessa, but the way they use prisoners down in Venezuela is horrible. Like I mentioned earlier, there are several Americans unlawfully imprisoned or held hostage in Venezuela. It's a shame. It's, it's horrible that these men are still detained the way they're detained and we have to bring them home. Alessa, what can we do to bring those people home? They, uh, the, those organizations are totally despicable because the political prisoners and the family uh, the, who are imprisoned as well with the political prisoners, they are desperate. They are looking for someone to help them to release their, their relative. And what's happened is with those organizations make fake promises to them. And we still have 400 political prisoners torture every day. And uh, they don't simply, they don't care. Uh, for example, if you go right now on, on Twitter, you can see how come is possible that someone it's, it's supposed promise a, three basic uh, thing for, for the relief of Venezuela that Juan Guaido, and he's doing the opposite, the scandal with Monomeros, the scandal with the, the resources given by, by USAID to the, uh, who, to the amount of displaced people that we have more than seven, seven millions of refugees from Venezuela. And, yes. all, and those resources never, never was used for helping. You can see the brother of, of Guaido living like a rich and famous person in Europe. The uh, Alejandro Betancourt related, he's a cousin of Leopoldo Lopez. All of them living in, in wealthy situation without care what is going on with the people of Venezuela. They knew the, 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 the conflict right now between Julio Borges, who was kind of the ambassador of the interest, and he quick, and he said that, that uh, Guaido had to be removed. We, we, we have to watch that cat fading between them, and in the meantime, they, they, we lost our country. Um, uh, uh, Maybe I will, I'm going to sound negative, but if we don't see a, a, a huge change in the geopolitical structure, if we don't have a new government in, in the United States, which is not fluffy and soft and ridiculous like the government of, of Biden, that he's totally agree with China, that he, he leave Iran, do what they want with the nuclear program. We, we lost the deterrence in the war thanks to the new administration of Biden. You know, that guy is a joke. You know, Alessa, the, what's really frustrating about this is that, and I agree with you, and we don't want to be pessimistic, but we have to, we, we like to be realistic here at the Global Liberty Alliance and with our fellow conservatives, we, 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 we see it and call it 
as we think it's happening. And I think Venezuela, whether people want to admit this or not, judging from what I hear here in Miami, where there's been a lot of wealth transfer from Venezuela to this great state of Florida and the United States and other states, and the migration crisis that nobody talks about, but it happened. It was massive and it's still going on. And it was the biggest purge, I think, in Venezuela's history. They did it by design. It's what they did to my family, my ancestors now when they were kicked out of Cuba. Bottom line is, look, we should, you know, if this is the way it's going to be. Then this whole process that we have is not working. We have to stop doing it. Uh, if, if, if Maduro is going to stay in power, we got to find ways to talk to that guy. Or we got to find ways to deal with the problems like a China and, uh, and, and Russia meddling in the hemisphere. We're all over the map. I think the last few years we've engaged in reckless democracy in a box stuff that doesn't work. And this began before Trump. A lot of this stuff started during Obama and it just continued. And then there was, I believe, I agree with you, a lot of bad advice given to President Trump by some of his Latin America advisors. And we shifted, we, we, we got off the beaten path and did stuff that just didn't work. In the meantime, the Chinese keep meddling uh, this week. Uh, China announced they're going to be signing a Belt Road initiative with Cuba. They've already done something with Maduro and Venezuela. They're trying to do it in, in, with Nicaragua already. We have to get that refocused. Uh, before we let you go, Alessa, because we're running out of time, let me ask you briefly about the case of Captain Rafael Acosta. Um, we, you, know, you, you brought him to my attention uh, a, a few months ago. We had a great conversation with some lawyers who are trying to help on this case. What's the status of that Venezuelan Navy captain's wife's uh, plea for, you know, she's trying to find justice for her husband and what happened to him. What's happening there? And is there anything people listening can do to help? She's, she's totally abandoned for the uh, currently interim uh, government, if we can call it like that. Um, um, I, I, uh, today the, the, uh, uh, common law uh, partner of, of the, because they are not married, this is the ridiculous thing. The common law uh, partner of Guaido, she, she posted today a picture with, with a, a, a fake background of the uh, 31st uh, Street in New York, like the, the, the Christmas tale. <clears throat> And I, I write a Twitter that the interim government is, is done real, that, that, that is real like this background. It's totally fake. It's fake. like, yeah. So, so, totally so, they've, so, they've turned their, so they've turned their back on all these people that supposedly yes. risked their lives. She, and... she is struggling, uh, struggling a lot uh, right now in uh, outside Venezuela. Uh, she's totally abandoned for uh, the embassy. Uh, actually, all the the ambassador from the uh, interim government. It's, it's it's all of them are fake. It's, it's ridiculous. They they can make passport. They can do any uh, do any kind of document or travel document from the Venezuela. They don't. They can. They don't have any kind of control. Even the 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 building of the embassy, they they have no access. The you only know, one was the United States because Trump made that possible. But if it is Trump in in Canada, for example, the 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 Venezuelan embassy in Ottawa is under the control of the regime. When yeah, they serious. have yeah, 
it's it's it's, un, it's untenable what you're saying because we've it, it's this I frankly don't understand half of what was done because a lot of it is cloaked in secrecy. But I agree with you, it's been a disaster. It's created more problems. Uh, you 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 know when I met with uh, Tamara Suhu and uh, a meeting that you helped put together, and she's a human rights warrior. Uh, she, you could tell that they want to do more. There's a lot of good people out there in the what I call in Spanish, like trincheras, you know, people who really want to get out there and do stuff. And, uh, and actually, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, go ahead, go ahead. We need to protect Tamara right now because Tamara is going to be in the eyes of the hurricane right now because she is the one who makes something effective, which is denounced Maduro in front of the International Criminal Court. The, the, the responsible, that response from the, the persecutor of the International Criminal Court was Tamara. They continue working and introduce documents and support in related with the violation of human rights and the crimes against humanity committed by the regime in Venezuela. You have no idea how much people mocking her or attack her and trying to stop her not just from the regime, from the opposition, because... Yeah, let, 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 let me give people some context here about Tamara and her group and what Alessa is talking about. This is, again, Jason Poblet coming to you temporarily from uh, Miami, Florida. We're in Little Havana, talking to Alessa Polga up in Canada. Uh, Tamara is a human rights lawyer. She has a, an organization that's been documenting uh, fundamental human rights violations. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of the ICC. Uh, but each country has to pick their own route. And uh, Venezuela and Tamara and the opposition wanted to use uh, the, the, the mechanism of the International Criminal Court. It, but this is a classic case, Alessa, of why I believe it's a flawed organization. Uh, because this lady and her group of brave lawyers and human rights defenders and your group who've been helping collect information, they put their neck on the line. They've documented things. They've They've exposed, these are actual lawyer warriors, the type of people that we love to work with because they're in the field doing the work. They're not here in Washington or New York or Canada or, or Europe talking about human rights. No, these people are risking life and limb to expose and the, and the clients they represent. And this is very important folks. Keep in mind that a lot of the work these people do, they can't do it without support from the victims. And the victims come forward, they give information they risk everything, I'm telling you, everything, including putting their lives in danger. And then once they succeed at something, they get attacked or they get isolated or they get, uh, 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 in the case of Tamara, I've noticed the attack that have been coming her way from people who supposedly are with her, turn their back on them. They don't want to help them. They cut them off. That's dangerous because not only does the enemy see that, but your clients see that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. I, I, I represent people that are been subjected to violation of human rights and people unlawfully imprisoned. These people need our help. You can't just turn your back on them when they come and the, the political people want to make trouble for you. What do you think is going to happen to her? Because let me tell you, I know she's under the gun. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because it's something that people need to know is happening. Well, we, we actually today we have a, 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 a working group and we are talking about that, that they are going to be against her right now with the new, um, the new changes that are uh, happening today in Venezuela. Um, 
at this point, I think that the interim government, it's illegal like the Maduro regime, because Juan Guaido, he did not uh, achieve the power for election. He is an uh, political accident supported for the international community that is not longer right, right now because only 12 countries around the world continue uh, the uh, keep the recognition of Guaido as an interim president. You know, Alessa, let, let me, sorry to interrupt you, but I'll tell you what, tell me if I'm wrong. This whole thing with Guaido, I think Guaido, I'm gonna use a, a Trump phrase, is a loser, all right? The guy is just, I never liked him. I never supported him. I was, I took a lot of criticism for attacking him during the Trump administration by my fellow Republicans and conservatives, but he is a horrible, horrible leader. And not only that. He's he, not a leader. He, 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 he was created. He okay, was do, created. And let, me, swore... let, me ask, let me ask you a few questions. You tell me if I'm wrong. I don't mind if I'm wrong. I want to be corrected if I'm wrong. But do you think he misled or lied to my country about what he was able and not able to do? Yes. Okay. So. I believe he, and there are people out here, Alessa, who think that they can do socialism better than what Maduro is doing. Do you think that this group of smart people around the world, I'm saying that smart in quotes, are trying to use this as a way to do better socialism? No, socialism is the same. Socialism sucks, socialism, socialism killed, and socialism is the, is the welcome rock to the communism. So how do we, so how do we, so how, what do you think, and we, we got to wrap up soon, but what do you think happened here? How, how could America or some people in America get this, I believe, so wrong when we knew from the very beginning, this guy was a bad person. He's not a good person. Because one of the things that is doing the, the, the left, the extreme left movement uh, around the world, they are own owner organization companies uh, media parties who have some uh good background in the past and they are using that image that the people the democrat party is not the same democrat party when uh, kennedy was in, in in on front you know now the democrat party it's all absolutely taken from the extreme left member and they are taking the advantage of the people who who was member of the party thinking that it's not going to change but everything changed they uh they for example in mass media the bbc uh from UK are not the same owners and they change the editorial line of the, of the media. And they are using our memory that what was something to control that and to keep people following and believe on them. This is what is what is going on right now in the, in the United States. What? They are using our good memories from different organizations against us, and they are working behind with other narrative and with other uh, uh, objects 
Ulterior motives. I mean, I agree with you, Alessa. Alessa Polga, a human rights activist, Venezuelan patriot, liberty warrior out in Canada. This is Jason coming to you this week from Little Havana in Miami, Florida. Alessa, as we wind up, as we're running out of time, what message do you have for Americans, whether they be Republicans or Democrats? Folks, this is not a partisan issue. This is about America, putting America value first, putting American interests first, helping hostages and Americans unlawfully in prison, putting U.S. security first in the Americas. What message do you have for American thinkers and conservatives and uh, I policymakers? I think that the, the conservative needs to be out. They don't need to hide. You don't, you don't need to be shamed or ashamed for saying that I'm conservative, I'm a Republican, I'm a patriot, and I have, I have family values at the opposite. We need to show that we are more than them. We have to recover the family values. We need to protect the family values and we need to increase the education in our schools. The same that the scientists is, is trying to do in Florida, the same that they tried to do in Texas that had to be done in the rest of the country because these guys take the education, they take the school, they take the unions, and they are washing the brain of our next generation. We need to show uh, to our kids about our uh, history, our past, because our past is not just for crying and weeping. No, our past is going to prevent to make the same mistakes, and we Amen. are losing our countries because we are forgetting our history. Alessa, let me tell you, now I know why it's the, the magic of freedom is liberty and, and, and the things that we come from different backgrounds, but we live in liberty and see first up close hand what it means when we lose it. It's right in front of us. Canada is lucky to have folks like you, Alessa, because even Canada is going through a difficult time. And you speaking up there, I'm, I know is helping your fellow Canadians focus. Hopefully we can get the Canadians to help us out, have the Canadian government to help us out in Cuba, to help us out in Venezuela. I think the whole Lima process needs to be ended. That thing didn't work. Uh, we need to be speaking clear, clearly the way you're speaking. Tell us briefly as we close the show, what are your fellow Canadian conservative policymakers? I know you're very close to folks in the Senate and some other groups over there. Uh, what are they planning to do and what can we do to help them? Well, I, I'm... I'm very concerned with with Canada because there is the there is something that I noticed in the North America uh, hemisphere. Um, the the witness that the system has it's they are extremely confident about the system and they underestimate the enemy. And one of the things that we we can have. Uh, we can count with this uh, current government in, in Canada with Justin Trudeau. He is a, a progressive. He is part of the agenda 2030. And he has a family uh, tight relation with the Castro regime. And that is a problem because we have a lot of presence from academics and I and and people who support the, the ideology of the socialism in, in Canada. 
And one of the issues that I can see in Canada is, is the um, political correctness um, speech that we have right now. Um, I hope so uh, have some influence with the Conservative Party. Um, there is, uh, I can say that we can say uh, a few members of the Conservative Party that they really understand who is the enemy and what's to be done. Right. And hopefully in the in the next year, I I'm working advising the Cuban community in Canada how to navigate the political system, which is very bureaucratic and. Um, but we we and try that not burn the Cuban cause because uh, they need to be clear that there is a, a we need a geopolitical change in the balance of powers around the world to make Cuba free and yeah, make man. Venezuela and other countries free. Yeah, we, we, we like to say the road to liberty in Caracas begins in Havana and uh, the Canadians can be staunch good partners there if they would stop in investing in the hotels and engaging in forced labor. And we're gonna do another program with you talk about Cuba. Alessa Polga, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I look forward to having you on board next time. Thank you for all you're doing. Tell Tamara and her group, let us know what we can do to get the word out. We will provide folks some links in the listener notes so you can get in contact with Alessa, see some of her other writings and kind of join in the good fight because they need your help in Canada too. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Alessa? Thank you for having me, and I totally open to um, be be rich for uh, anyone who who can join us and work together because we have a lot of work to do. Well, happy New Year, my friends. Uh, this is Jason Gaunt coming to you from a Little Havana in Miami, Florida. Alessa, thank you so much for being with us. I hope you have a good rest of the Christmas season. We celebrate until the 6th, right? Para Dia de los Reyes, correct? That's when we celebrate yes. all the way through. Yes. So that, yes. I, I yes. promise, folks, I'd mention it. I forgot. That's that's what that's why we celebrate all the way through the 6th of January. Alessa, thanks again for spending time with us. Thank you so much, Jason. Yes,